Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. One of the most beautiful and important aspects of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle in the desert, and later on in the temple in Jerusalem, was the priestly garment, specifically the one that was called the Choshen, the breastplate. The breastplate was worn by the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, and it had 12 jewels in it. And this breastplate was used during the time that the Jewish people had all of the temples, first temple and second temple. One day, the Talmud relates, one of the jewels of the breastplate disappeared, was lost. Well, they had to replace it. Now, this jewel was called the Jasper, the Yashpeh, and it corresponded to the tribe of Benjamin. You see, the 12 jewels in the breastplate corresponded to the 12 tribes. And in fact, the names of the tribes were engraved in each of these jewels. So the last jewel, the Jasper, which corresponded to the tribe of Benjamin, disappeared. And they had to replace it. So they discovered that there was a certain Roman official whose name was Dama ben Nesina, who lived in the city of Ashkelon in Israel, who owned such a gem. So they went to his home, and they asked him if he was willing to sell the gem, and they were willing to give them an exorbitant amount of money. And he said, I'm sorry, I would sell it to you, but I can't because it's, my father has the key to it, and he's sleeping now, and I can't waken him. They thought he wanted more money, so they doubled it, still said no. They tripled it. He still said no. And they quadrupled it. And he still said no. So they were convinced that he didn't want to sell it. But meanwhile, his father awakens and he grabs the jewel. He runs after them. And they're willing to pay him the total amount that they offered at the end, the quadrupled amount. And he said, no, no, I just want the original amount that you offered to give me for this jewel because I don't want to benefit from the honor that I gave my father. So God rewards him that during that year, a red cow was born on his farm. So what's so special about a red cow? In the Torah, it says that when a person comes in contact with the dead, there's a purification process without which you were not allowed to enter into the temple, partake of offerings, and so on. So the ritual involved getting a a red cow, totally red cow, and slaughtering it, burning it, and diluting the ashes with spring water and sprinkling it on the person who had come in contact with the dead on the third day after and the seventh day, and that person would become purified. Now, these cows are very rare. In all of Jewish history, we had nine of them. The tenth one will be found and used in the days of Mashiach, in the Messianic age. So the amount of money that they paid for it was the very amount that he had lost that he forfeited on account of the honor to his father. This is the story in the Talmud. Everything in the Torah is precise. Everything in the world is precise. Everything happens by divine providence, but it's more glaring when you see it in the Torah itself. So we have to understand this story. First of all, what is the Talmud trying to tell us by this story of Dhamma Benesina. Sure, it's trying to give us a lesson about how you should honor your father and mother, but there are so many other stories that the Talmud could have used. Why this particular story? 
And also, isn't it very strange that all of a sudden a jewel in the garment of the high priest would disappear one day? If the jewel just fell out, why couldn't they have found it? And why was it that particular jewel, the jewel that corresponded to the tribe of Benjamin, why did that jewel disappear? Of course, everything that happened, especially in the temple, was there to convey a message. What was the message in the loss of that jewel? And the fact that they had to go to this Roman official to procure this jewel, a replacement for it. We're taught that the 12 tribes were all involved in the sale of Joseph, with one exception. The tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin himself, was not involved. Even Joseph had to take some of the blame for what happened to him, even though he was the victim, but he provoked his brothers, and he created a situation in which they were so jealous of him, they had to get rid of him. So you can't say that Joseph was completely innocent in his sale. He was an accomplice to it. He was part of it. The only one that was not there at all and had no say in the matter and could not have stopped it, didn't agree to it, was Benjamin, the younger brother of Joseph. So what does Benjamin and his jewel represent? It represents the unity of the Jewish people. You see, all the 12 tribes were in the breastplate of the high priest indicating the unity of the Jewish people, which was a crucial element in procuring God's goodwill in the temple. The temple was there as a place where they offered sacrifices to bring us closer to God and bring God closer to us. So where is this idea of the collective body of the Jewish people represented? It was represented by the choshen, the breastplate. And which particular jewel had a stronger representation of unity it was the tribe of Benjamin and the jewel that corresponded to that tribe, the Jasper. Now, the Talmud tells us that the breastplate was a gift that was given to Aaron, the first priest and his descendants, because of his brotherly love. The book of Psalms puts it this way, How beautiful, how goodly it is for brothers to dwell together. And the Talmud says that refers specifically to Aaron and Moses. When God told Moses to be the leader, Moses says, Why me? Take my older brother Aaron. And God says, Aaron will be happy when he hears that you were chosen. There was no rivalry. There was no jealousy, unlike Joseph and his brothers and other uh, families where there was sibling rivalry. Here there was zero sibling rivalry. And that Aaron, it says in the Torah, was rejoiced in his heart. And God says, as a reward for that, your descendants, you and your descendants, will carry the breastplate on your heart to indicate your own brotherly love and unity. So the breastplate was the symbol of unity. Now, any father... What does a father and a mother want more than anything else from the children? We're taught in our tradition that it's the love and friendship and brotherly and sisterly unity between siblings. When siblings get along with each other and they show love to each other, that brings the greatest amount of nachas, of pleasure and satisfaction and fulfillment to the parent. The parent feels I produce children 
who are living up to the highest of ideals because of their unity. And conversely, what is the most painful thing to a parent when he sees that his own children don't get along with each other? There's hatred, there's rivalry, there's jealousy. The same thing is true about our Father in heaven. What does God want more than anything else? He wants his children to live together in peace and harmony. And when God sees that we're living in peace and harmony, that makes God happy. And when God is happy, it just allows all of his blessings to flow down to us and to the whole world. And what is the greatest pain for God is when his children don't get along. Let's go back to the story. At the time that this story happened, where they lost the jasper, this was a time not too far away from the time that the temple was destroyed. Why was the temple destroyed? The Talmud tells us, we're talking about the second temple. The reason why the temple was destroyed was because they had this terrible discord amongst them. There was sinat chinam, senseless hatred, rivalry, jealousy, hatred, division, discord. And this is what caused God the greatest pain, and it resulted in the loss of the temple. So when God wanted the Jewish people to realize what is going on and what the danger is with their attitude towards one another, he wanted to jolt them. So how do you jolt someone? He did it by allowing a mysterious disappearance of one of the jewels on the breastplate. If the people had thought into it and said, what's going on over here? Why did the jewel disappear all of a sudden? For hundreds of years, the 12 jewels were intact. Hundreds of years of the first temple and hundreds of years of the second temple, almost a millennium, the jewels were intact. All of a sudden, one jewel disappears. They should have realized which jewel disappeared, the jewel that symbolizes unity and friendship. The breastplate in general symbolizes that, brotherly love. All the 12 tribes are together in one breastplate, but especially the one of Benjamin, of Binyamin, when that was missing, it should have jolted them into realizing we are missing something that is associated with Benjamin. But they didn't pick it up. They didn't realize that that was the message that God was trying to give them. So God says, I'm going to teach you another way. I'm going to send, I'm going to have the Jasper disappear, yes, but you're going to replace it by going to a Roman. The Romans were the symbol of the destruction of the temple. They were the symbol of Galut, of exile, that was going to follow the destruction of the temple. And God is saying, you're going to have to depend on the Romans. In other words, the Romans are going to teach you a lesson that you didn't figure out on your own. And that's what happened with Dhamma Benatina. Not only does it teach us a lesson how to have respect for a father and mother, which it certainly does, but it also was a message to that generation and to all future generations that God wants unity of the Jewish people. He wants friendship. He wants love to prevail amongst them. And when they didn't pick up that message, they were forced to replace the Jasper from a Roman. But then it wasn't enough. There was another lesson. God allows the Roman to have a red heifer born on his farm. So what does that symbolize? There's something unique about the red heifer purification process. The, the red heifer is considered to be an enigma. It's considered to be a paradox. Why is it a paradox? Because the 
sprinkling of the ashes of the red heifer, what it accomplished was the purification of a person who was contaminated by coming in contact with a dead body. We're not talking about physical contamination. This is a ritual type of impurity. And this would purify that person. But the people who were involved in preparing the red heifer solution, the ashes and the water, they became contaminated. What does that tell you? That tells you that your devotion to your fellow Jew, your devotion to others, should be to such an extent that you go to great lengths to help purify them, even at the expense of your own purification. That's the hallmark of true Jewish unity. When one Jew is willing to sacrifice his or her own spiritual and physical well-being for another. And that was the lesson God wanted them to learn from it. Alas, they didn't learn that lesson. But it's never too late. The word for breastplate in Hebrew, choshen, has a numerical value of 358, which is the same numerical value of the word Mashiach. And what does that tell us? That the hallmark of Mashiach and of the Messianic age is unity and brotherly love. In order for us to prepare ourselves for the redemption, we have to focus on reaching out or actually reaching in to every Jew and finding the jewel that is there within every individual beneath the surface. The Baal Shem Tov referred to the Jewish people as a land of desire, a land filled with treasures. You look at the land and it looks like it's just dirt, but if you start digging, you'll find treasures. Likewise, when you see someone who doesn't seem to be special, nothing to write home about, dig deep and you'll find a treasure. And that's the mission that we have in this generation in particular when we're preparing ourselves and anticipating the imminent redemption We have to work on digging deep into each and every one of us to find that jewel. You know, the Rebbe, late into his 80s and early 90s, would stand for hours every Sunday and some other times as well, six, seven hours, distributing a dollar to each and every person to give to charity or a replacement of that dollar, and he would accompany the giving of that dollar with a blessing. And people would sometimes wait a few hours to get to see the Rebbe. The Rebbe would stand on his feet, no break, no no interruption, just six, seven hours straight, giving, dispensing money for people to give to charity. The Rebbe would take the money that was given to him for charitable purposes, and instead of using it for his own institutions, he would distribute it to thousands of people every week that they should give it to their institutions, their favorite charities, plus adding on of their own. But anyhow, this woman is reputed to have said to the Rebbe, a younger woman, I'm much younger than you and I'm worn out from just waiting online. You're standing here for hours giving out these dollars and you don't seem to be tired. And the Rebbe says, when you count jewels, you don't get tired. That's the message of Mashiach. The message of Mashiach is to see the beauty, the treasure, the jewel in every one of us, to follow the example of Binyamin, of Benjamin, who harbored no ill will against any of his other brothers, did did not harbor any ill will to anyone, just pure love and unity. And that's the symbol of the Choshen of the breastplate, where all the jewels are together. And when we recognize how each of, of us is a jewel and treat one's 
brother and sister as a jewel, this will hasten and prepare us for the ultimate coming of Mashiach and the final redemption. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show. 